Let's go. Oh, nice brew. Nice brew. Yes. <laughs> With a double tea bag. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what was that show called cool with Teabag when we were growing up? I think okay. it's literally called Teabag. It was, wasn't it? And it was yeah. she was going around collecting letters and stuff. And then Indiana Jones turned up in one. Is that right? Or am I just totally bloody mixing well, my childhood shows up? I mean, I don't want to speak out of school. I don't remember every single episode of Teabag. So I can't really speak to whether or not Indiana Jones turned up in one. But sure, why not? It might have been a copycat archaeologist with a penchant for fedoras. but we, yeah. Well, I'm sure it probably wasn't Indiana Jones, or at least Harrison Ford was having a really slow week. <laughs> it's probably not canon, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if it was, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. What was I going to say? Uh, hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Welcome to Shoulders of Giants. Uh, I'm Shoulders Jim. of Giants. Hello, I'm <laughs> Sheppy. Very pleased to meet you. Nice one. Very <laughs> pleased to meet you. I love it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, this, this is great stuff. This is your first time on our pod. We are we're, we're celebratory. Uh, Oh God! Already a disastrous intro, Sheppy. But look, we're short as a giant. <laughs> we look. Uh, we we look at uh, movies that we love from the past, and um, and we are we are generally thinking about um, you know ways they could have continued, or possibly even reinventing things and looking at um, new options for sequels, and just generally celebrating. Absolutely celebrating. We're not here to say we could do a better job. We're here to say this is something else that could exist possibly in a parallel universe. So. It's a what if. I'm loving the what if. And it's all it's all great. It's films from the past, ideas of the future. What do you think <laughs> about that? <laughs> Pretty good, right? Do, oh, yeah. <laughs> that that's a really, really lovely in. way to put it. I'm going to remember that for pod four, Sheppy. <laughs> <laughs> So, it so good. It, it's exciting stuff. So today, it's it was your suggestion, and I'm I'm loving it. Um, what film are we going to be talking about today, Jimbo? Well, Sheppy, today it is a direct sequel to Jaws Two, um, and by direct <laughs> by direct sequel, I'm talking about I guess cancelling out what exists as Jaws 3D and Jaws: The Revenge, and starting a new tangent after Jaws Two. Now, oh, I'm loving that. that now, could, I, um, it, in terms yeah, well, of the sequels to Jaws, um, it's a funny old game because whether, I mean, it's generally regarded like, okay, Jaws, the Spielberg is a stone cold classic. And even if it's not someone's favorite film or anything, I think it's hard to argue against the fact that it is gold standard. And therefore any sequel is never, you know, it was never really going to live up to the first film. Um, and just the very notion, it's kind of the diehard thing of you've got almost a perfect film and then it's like, oh, and now he's stuck in another place. And it's, I love Die Hard too, but it's, it's never gonna be as good. And it, it gets a bit ridiculous. And in terms of Jaws 2, it was always gonna be like, oh, it's another shark. And oh, how could the same thing happen to Brody again? So once you get into Jaws 3 territory, and this is where I really, when I was thinking of um, what I would like my Jaws 3 to be, 
it does get to the point where how can we possibly make this not ridiculous and speaking for myself just tiny spoiler as to my idea I sort of leant into the or she leaned into the uh, absurdity of having a third adventure um, so, so that's really that, cool, Sheppy. I'm glad you have because I've got a bit more grounded. I've got a bit oh, more grounded it. with a couple of silly flourishes. Yeah, but a bit nice. more grounded. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is this is good stuff. And also, I have to say, a little bit behind the curtain for the boys and girls at home, this was meant to be a mini podcast. Like this one, we were we were gonna right up until the last minute almost. Jimmy and I were going to do this one as sort of like an extra bonus and just do it in like 10 minutes. Um, bite size, but, Sheppy. Bite size, if you will. That's, that's just... good stuff. Yes. But it, but instead, this thing had legs, unlike a shark. And it and, and also for mine, it, I, it kind of exploded for me. And again, I won't talk anything more about that until it gets to my turn. But I, uh, yeah, I, I, I went the other way. And it's, it's weird stuff. Um, now... For my for my diamonds are forever. Um, last week, I put a lot more detail into the overall plot, uh, whereas for something like this, I've sort of come up with the premise, but without um, too much more. But again, tiny spoiler, sort of premises premisei. I've got a couple um, just things that sort of popped up. Nice. There. So so that's good stuff. Jimbo, you and I have a special history with the Jaws franchise. We uh, do, Sheppy, yeah. We've known each other for a long time. Uh, we have a friendship forged on the battlefield of the playground. And <laughs> we were in the playground as, as students uh, uh, when we were at school. And yes, we, our little active imaginations back when we were, I'm going to say 10, Jimbo. Back when yeah, we were 10. that sort of time, yeah. It um, well, we um, came up with sequels to Jaws. In a sense, we started this podcast without even knowing it a long time ago. <laughs> We're pioneers. Uh, so yes, yes. What do you remember very briefly about? So we we were playing uh -huh. basically Jaws five, or even. Yeah, like Jaws 5 in the playground. <laughs> when you said you were going to mention this, Sheppy, I, I had three things pop into mind, right? <laughs> One is that I think we played it so much, we got up to like Jaws 37, like, and we would yeah. giggle about it during maths, going, are we going to do Jaws 38 at lunchtime sort of thing? <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember also one of the blocks, it must have been a science block or a chemistry block, had some really steep steps that had some nice fun railings on them. And therefore <laughs> you could pretend you were on a boat being rocked by a big shark and hang off them and sort of, you know, wail about nice. a bit. And I, I do have vivid memories of you acting that out beautifully <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure i still do that honestly and then the, the third thing is i think we got it so crazy because it's one of those ones where i think we probably were allowed to watch jaws because it was a classic or something as a kid and then it took a bit of time for our parents to allow us to watch jaws 2 but we'd heard a rumor there was a helicopter or something in jaws 2 and we were like shit man i think he eats a helicopter in jaws 2 so we took that like I seem to remember mm. something like a, a car chase <laughs> yes. where they're trying to escape the shark and the shark is following them along an ocean now, that seems to run along a freeway. No, it must be like a Scandinavian like bridge way, or something. <laughs> I've got two things to say to that. First of all, 
I never remember, I, I don't think I was ever told I could never watch anything. And just because I was such a pussy as a child, I never, you know, my parents never had to worry about telling me not to watch anything because I didn't want to do scary stuff anyway. So no one ever stopped me. It was just really for me about the availability. And until Jaws 2 was on BBC One one day and then we taped it, um, then that's how I came to see it. And I absolutely remember that we did, and you did hear about the helicopter and that did ignite our imagination, absolutely. And in the scene that you're talking about, yeah, the way it was always in my mind is there's a car chase, but it's like an estuary or like a smaller river coming off the sea and the shark is going down this and there's like a jetty which the car is driving on. And so the fin of the shark is chasing the car and it's smashing the wood as it's driving up the jetty which by the way Roland Emmerich totally stole in the teaser for Godzilla um, which came out and so the fin is smashing it and then the jetty goes on for miles I mean you know doesn't make too much sense and turns into a bridge and then the car jumps and the bridge of course is missing at some point you know it's an incomplete bridge and the car does the jump and then the shark comes up out of the water and the car goes between as you know like sort of empire strikes back styley as the jaws close the car just and of course the shark is like 50 feet long you know at this point because it was like jaws 18 but yeah and, and the car goes between the mouth as it snaps shut comes down the other side and lands and the shark splashes back in the water and that was always in my mind and to that I even drew a poster for this Jaws film when we were in Miss Scott's class in Parkmead Middle School and I remember it had that it had the classic image of the shark coming up like in all the Jaws posters and then it had like in all those things like little little clips little snippets of the action like in the James Bond uh, posters for example and one of them was the car jumping and the shark coming up so that's that's indelibly imprinted in my in my mind so that's good stuff so there you go uh, I don't know if you have anything else to add to that no Shelley that's just beautiful I love it and I remember it vividly now and I remember you like talking about drawing it <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm not an artistic man I mean my drawings were lacking but I will say that that drawing that representation of this Jaws film uh was probably the best thing I've ever drawn and that's not saying much but it was pretty good and I'm sure it must exist somewhere well Sheppy um, can I just say you're never too long in the tooth to uh, oh, pick up the pen yeah. again <laughs> see that I just I can't I can't get on board with that that is a shame but I love it but on board <laughs> is a good plan even of itself <laughs> all right <laughs> um, I'm going to jump into my pitch then Sheps yes so love it. Um, we'll go in Jaws 3 and we're dropping the D immediately fair enough uh, oh, and what oh I meant to give you the year is... yeah so I'm, I'm actually going for I was thinking about this I, I was going to say this this is actually there's a hiatus Right. And nice. it's probably, I want to say around 2012. That's super specific. Oh, wow. Right. But we're talking like it's time. So it's like a Rocky style. We're talking Rocky. So Jaws came out in time. 75. Yeah. Uh, and then the sequel came out in 78, I believe. And so then yeah. it's like a long gap where yeah, long gap. Jaws 2 in your universe, I assume, was a huge flop. <laughs> yeah. And then. Yeah, they couldn't later, get shot in the back. That's it. 
done and then yeah so yeah then it's like it's like a almost I mean it wasn't that big a passage of time in the end but it's almost that kind of Rocky Balboa situation like you know we're revisiting an old classic and we're going yeah. back I've got actually just as a thing I, I you know our, our sort of caveat at the beginning we you know we're trying we don't want to be disrespectful etc I do realize that actually I didn't I mean look I haven't revisited three or four or revenge or whatever for ages ever really since we watched it but the and four apparently revenge did cancel out three apparently it was a reboot it was a it was oh, a three never know. happened that's, I mean, really? that's what wikipedia or television but what are so. they bloody know nothing i'm not sure that's true i just wanted but, to say I this mean, previous for this one anyway really so well, i like be. it um, and, and i guess also it, say i'm really sorry because i should have said this before as well um, I like Jaws 2 and I like Jaws 3. I want to make that clear. I don't think they're very good and they in each sequel is worse than the other one. But I saw Jaws 2 and 3 not that long ago, like less than a year ago, like early quarantine. And we're now just like going into the second year now, basically. But it was, it was, yeah, it was maybe even like the early summer last year. So only about 10 months ago. I, I saw Jaws 2 and 3, and they're not good, but I do like them. Jaws the <laughs> Revenge, I haven't seen for a very long time, and I know it sucks, like, really bad. But it's interesting that you say about it cancelling out the third film. Um, I don't think that's true, but I like okay. it. I know it's a different actor, of course, playing the son, but that's fair enough. I'm recasting, by the way, everyone part bar, bar Lorraine here to see, you know, oh, but nice. we'll get there. Okay. Um, yes. So um, just to bear, so I've, I've gone a bit off on one about the opening sort of 10 mins, but don't worry, like, you know, then it's just a, I don't really have an ending. So, you know, it's just sort of, I've just oh, got some ideas. I mean, um, so far, that's my whole MO. <laughs> so um, we've got some really simple credits here. Just, you know, I don't even want to go underwater, just a white on black. We're going to go serious here, Shepi, at the beginning. Um, the, um, I think... I also want to have like a little bit. So there's a couple of threads here. One is that the first two were like sun-baked. I want this to be set around kind of, you know, October time. It's Thanksgiving. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? It's a oh, sort of nice. Shane Blackie type vibe here. Let's just do something a bit different rather than everybody's in the water. Um, yes. And then the other thing is um, that maybe we've got like a bit of an environmental thing going on here. So, you know, there's there's just an element there around trying to protect the beach protect the animals all that sort of stuff yes um, nice. and um and then essentially so like maybe we open on a slightly littered amity beach you know you can see that it's actually gone a little bit it's not it's not quite as pristine as as uh, they they made master's vineyard look back in the day um it's sort of it's just coming up for sunrise and there's a, there's a man walking his dog and i have to caveat here that like there's a few couple of ideas that make there's so many bloody shark movies sharknado shark like i'm not that exposed to most of them so there could be a few things here that are in other movies and sorry that's you great know, you but said that actually. i mean just <laughs> yeah no that's that's exactly it because i came up with a really out there idea originally and then i was told um like oh that's the plot of sharknado 17 and i was like ah um, which is why I sort of came up with a few different ideas as well. Um, but yeah, we I have I actually also have not seen any Sharknado films or anything like that. So I think any anything is purely coincidental. So yes, yes, that's our nice disclaimer. Yeah. 
then I'm actually stealing. I having said all that, I'm then stealing <laughs> something that happened in real life in Cronulla, where oh. we used to live in Australia. Oh, in this... real life, that's not stealing. Yeah, that's no. fine. That's that's <laughs> writing, Jim. Yes, writing. And uh, anyway, it's really uh, even the way they reported on this at the local rag sheppy was cinematic. Basically, an old man's walking his dog down the um, beach and uh, he's throwing his stick into the water. Dog brings it back. Throws the stick into the water. Dog brings it back. Throws the stick into the water. Dog doesn't come. <laughs> I, I say that laughing it's so dark yeah, <laughs> but essentially it's got that that sort of element like you know the old and there's going to be a bit of that where we're not going to see the shark in this one for quite some time like you know we want quite we want right. to try and reignite the magic of um, Jaws but actually it's all about the size of it is the thing that is sort of people are overwhelmed by maybe we see the um the the, the old man horrified etc and this is where I get a bit cheesy but essentially he runs into the water like you know just overwhelmed and then the, the, the like the flotsam of the oceans like this curling around his ankles then that becomes coffee <laughs> and it sort of transitions I'm going for that little bird foot in Jurassic Park you know what I mean oh, that I like kind of it. stupidity um, and then uh and then the coffee's the mug of Michael, who's in a police station in New York, and he's basically taken his dad's roots. And um, this is Michael Brody. He's gone nice. to New York to follow in his dad's footsteps and become a cop, but out there. Nice. Well and away this is from 2012, the ocean. right? Yeah, this is the he's like late 40s now or whatever. I, I haven't done the full maths, but you know, sure, sure. he's old enough to be a dad of a teenager, slash, yeah. you know, going on 20. Um, he's a good cop. He's, he's, you know, uber nails, I put here, but essentially, we don't, you know, he, 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 we don't spend loads of time with him as, as a cop, but, you know, enough to know that he's married to his work, he, you know, he's very, got lots of street smarts, maybe he's, the coffee is about, he's about to go and do an interrogation or something, and he's got a couple of informants, or whatever, you know, you just get the sense he's a very good cop, I haven't really gone off on one here, I'm going for Gyllenhaal, man, we're going big, Jake Gyllenhaal's oh. in, playing Michael Brody. And nice. um, and yeah, and then like you know maybe you know, there's some banter with somebody in the um, and in the in the station, and it's like where are you going for Thanksgiving? Because it's all that kind of vibe and time, and he's like, oh yeah, look, my, my brother's getting married again, and you know there's going to be a whole thing on a on a boat or whatever, and then the you know the, you get you essentially established, you know, it's going to be on a boat. You hate the water. What are you thinking? Yeah, yeah, it's going to. I'm assured it's on the docks, not going anywhere. <laughs> like you know all that sort of stuff. Very cheesy, but essentially he's obviously taking himself to the city and away from Amity, and then. Um, you know, it's uh, and then essentially again, like a good with a really cheesy cut here, where it's sort of a, you know, it's on the docks, still going anywhere. It's a baby. It's not even a big, you know, what would be nothing. And then we cut to like a huge motherfucking uh, <laughs> huge fishing trawler, like ridiculous fishing trawler, and um and and there's a you know team of fishermen just like working it, and then they've got one last net to get it to pull up, and um and I've got like. The vibe of this, if we can get it, it's like, you know, we're getting Gareth Edwards in to direct this one. Like, do you know what I mean? I nice. thought he did such a beautiful job of Godzilla. Like, I should have said that at the top as well. He's great. But yeah, he's in. And um, and they've got one last net to pull up. And this is a huge boat, as established. And it just gets shunted. And everyone's like, what the hell was that? Look at all this. And, um, and then we just see this huge fin, the bobs then under, around the other side of the boat, where this massive net is as well still. So I wouldn't... I'm not talking about, it's not a megalodon shark, but it's a crazy shark still. Like probably <laughs> the biggest the world's seen in real life right. in, in our yes. generation. Um, 
and go then, big uh, or go home. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I, I don't know whether this has been done or not before. But they don't worry about it. Like, We've set yeah. our caveat. But they, yeah, you're right. And so they haul up this final net. And um, and then as they drop it down into the boat, something is writhing really badly in it and it's smacking side to side. It's throwing, like maybe a guy gets to the side of the boat and knocks out or whatever. And they're like, shit, we've got to, we've got to uncut this thing and get it out. And so um, then the writhing just stops a moment. And like okay, and so they unhook the the, uh, the ropes and what have you, and then uh, the riding is still just a little bit, and so we're like, oh shit, there's a jump coming, you know, one of those, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you cut, they're, they're just they they cut the net, opened it out, and they're just getting some of the fish out. You still haven't seen the shark yet, still haven't seen the shark yet, and then just when you think it's about to happen, we just cut to news footage going, a local fisherman was eaten alive today, and the bubble and it's just on the telly style nice. and um, and then we've got like mo someone's done the mobile footage you know and um, and it's on the news but you can't really make out what's going on it's yeah. chaos blood fishermen ah, they quit <laughs> you know all that sort of stuff <laughs> today. you can't really tell what's going on and the tv is um sean Brody's household so michael's brother's household and we sort of pull out from that and um and and they're watching and they're like oh, shit, do you see this and like so sean has stayed in amity he's basically the mitch buchanan of the area i've got him nice. as sort of the local lifeguard chief and um you know very confident seafaring cool guy lives um on his own with his daughter and uh, no wife i haven't really worked out why yet I, I think probably wife passed away or something and then it's time to, to remarry um I've got the daughter. I don't know who's playing Sean. That's a bit we'll talk about in a minute against yeah. what's going to happen. But um, but then I think the daughter is like a, I've got two options here, both a bit different, but both quite diminutive. So I've got either Chloe Grace Moretz or Maisie Williams, like somebody who would be literally probably inhaled by a shark without it noticing, like during <laughs> it's so small, <laughs> but full of fire and confidence and awesome, you know? Yes. Um, and so they're watching the telly together and he's like, you know, no sailing for you tonight, young lady. And so let's hit the waves instead. So they're going to go for a surf that evening, the two of them anyway, together. He goes, he then drives to work through Amity and you get a sense the town actually has run down a little bit since we've last mm. seen it. And then we cut back to New York. I don't know what happens there, but something with Michael, you know, just a thing to you know, keep him alive and, and going. Yes. And then um, and then we go back to the two of them surfing, um, Sean and uh, and the daughter. And it's just a and, and there's tension because we we recreate some of the underwater, like you know, legacy yes. shots and stuff. Yes. And and you keep thinking something's gonna happen, and that, but they're just doing some expository stuff of their relationship and where things are at. And um, but nothing happens there. That's it. Go home, have a pizza together, and you can you get this nice bond of father daughter. And then um, and then he gets a call saying there's been something at uh, the marina tonight. You know, there's been a sighting. So Sean goes down to go and see what's happened. And um, and I think. I wanted to replicate that early Jaws 4 death at the beginning of Jaws 4. I haven't seen it in 30 years, I want to say, Shepard, <laughs> but I remember it being pretty traumatic and quite good yeah. and probably the best thing in the movie. Let's just, fucking, let's just do that death. I've had a few F-bombs today, sorry. Uh, Mum, sorry, Bob, if you were listening. Stop, no, <laughs> then, no. <laughs> then, no. Um, so we have the death and then um, Michael gets the call, you know, brother's dead. And um, then we have the funeral of Sean. That's where Lorraine comes back for her cameo. And the daughter is obviously all guns blazing to try and catch it. And um, 
But, you know, of course she's not going to be able to catch it. And, of course, Michael's not going to help her. We've seen what they're saying about this thing. It's the hugest shot that Amity's ever seen. If not the world, then we go to the town hall and we have a nod to Mayor Larry Vaughan. We've got, like, a little, you know, something like a little... <laughs> a little uh, uh, the the Denim Elliot. Sure. I, I've got exactly not a Denim <laughs> Elliot. I want to show you this. Because I don't want it to... I want it to be classy, Sheffy. I want it to just yeah. be a throwaway. But then it's got, like, it's graffitied as well, because no one really likes him, because he's prepared to let them all die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, like, uh, not... I mean, what I love... I mean, we both know the Denim Elliot thing, but, you know, oh, classy, they put a Denim Elliot all painting. Oh, no. No, no, no. We've got a statue. We've got a yeah. water fountain. Yeah. And that statue's going to be critical to how they get out of this situation. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, um, it's a Bernard Lee in The World Is Not Enough. Uh, there's a little picture, a nice classy painting in the background of Bernard Lee's M in The World yeah, Is nice. Not Enough in the background. So, so that's that sort of stuff. shenanigan. And, uh, and, and yeah. but a slightly desecrated one for this guy. <laughs> yeah, they've drawn little anchors on his suit, that sort of thing. Nice. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so he's so whoever the new town mayor is not a massive character to be honest with you he's actually or she is forward thinking and thinking right you know we want to catch you know we, we essentially need to catch this thing we're not going to try it's winter anyway but you know so there isn't really that dynamic going on around do we keep the beach open but there's a reward for catching this thing a room full of fishermen and all the local heroes you know essentially um but uh but instead of hubbub like we had in jaws one it's just Freaking silence, utter fear. No one's moving. No one's doing anything, and it's broken <laughs> by the squeak of a pen on a whiteboard, rather than the <laughs> fingernails. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> who's at the back? We've got Dreyfus back oh, as Hooper. Oh, <laughs> um, super curious, super excitable. Um, maybe in this, he's got a, a, an assistant who's the, effectively a red shirt, you know, just, just not going nice. yes. yes. immediately. And, but I always <laughs> thought, like, why not bring him back? Because he's the most chipper character. He's not going to have PTSD from the first time. We've got to get him back. He's such a, you know, character. So um, the dynamic is he is, the, I guess, and this is the, the, the gist of the movie then, he basically doesn't want to catch it and kill it. But what he's saying is this animal has got out of the wrong area of the ocean and we need to get it back to the right area of the ocean, basically. Um, but I want to also study it and take some samples as well or whatever, you know, something like that. And um, But we need to get it, we need to direct it and we need to guide it back to more appropriate waters. And then when it gets there, because of the temperature, it shouldn't then drift again. It's not about killing something like this. We need to preserve it. So we kind of take nice. that tack instead. Um, and... Um, but he needs a crew, you know, he needs people and he needs at least four people and no one is prepared to go out into the ocean at the moment, but the niece is the only one who'll go. And then, of course, you know, over a bit of time, she then cajoles Michael to go with her, her uncle. And, um, and then essentially, you know, that is really where I've got to, Sheppy. So they go out to the sea and they, they, they go into the ocean to try and take it out. And then it, I think the beats we have to hit probably... I don't want Michael to suddenly become seafaring and awesome. I want Gyllenhaal to go super, lean super into the fact his character is just pretty much terrified the whole time. Um, nice. Maybe to go really dark, he lets old Red Shirt, because of his own yeah. fear, Red Shirt yeah. dies. He freezes. Um, yeah. yeah nice. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, then, 
<laughs> and I actually don't think the shark dies at the end of this one. I think nice. there is that moment. And, and of course, we've got to get Hopper back in a bloody a cage. Of course we do. Of course we do. Hooper. Hooper has said Hopper. Yes, so, yes. Um, no, no, yeah. no, great. Um, Hopper's bloody Stranger Things, isn't he? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I was thinking Dennis, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I've got to where I'm at, Sheffy. And I think I the niece it. is, you think Journal's going to be the hero, but the niece is the hero. And uh, How old know. is the niece? I'm, I'm going like 18, 19, still nice. actually probably 19 because she's still at home because her dad will be alone. Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah. and I actually cool. I threw in the marriage, the second marriage of Sean as a silly little subplot, really. It doesn't even need to be that because... I don't think we need another character. Do you know what I mean? So I think okay, it's yeah, just, sure. uh, but but yeah, she's she stayed at home because you know she's got a good relationship with her dad and thinking about college, but really just loves the ocean and wants to stay in Amity. Yes. You know what I mean? And all that sort of That's stuff. That's great. Uh, yeah, no, I love it. Um, and let me say, by the way, because I didn't want to interrupt the flow earlier, but the the pen, the the squeaky black marker, <laughs> and the fact that it's Dreyfus is genius because of his he'll be like Quint's age at this point and it'll be like a nice thing of him like you know when Quint in the first film crunches up the the beer can and he crunches up the styrofoam cup it's like oh, that yeah. it's genius yeah. I love that that's wonderful <laughs> so I'm a big fan of that uh, oh, yeah I, I I love your Jaws 3 uh wonderful yes um it's a great setup and I'm all for it yeah oh. I I have nothing I like the fact also about the preservation of, of the shark. Peter Benchley, who wrote the novel, of course, was um, always saying that he regretted like how demonizing he made the shark and then the films made the shark. And he's for years been about saving great white sharks uh, as his penance, I guess, which is, which is nice. So playing into that angle is good stuff. So yeah, no, I love it. Thanks, man. I, I well, let's, I want to hear yours now. I'm really excited. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, so basically, I wrote one, and that's the one, of course, I'm going to focus on. But I'm, if you'll permit me this huge indulgence, um, I thought of there's there's something else. Like I'm going to do like a sort of a very very quick one first. So this is uh, so I've got three little options here. One main one but two bite-sized little episodes. Yeah, you've already said that. But, uh, okay, so this is 1981. Uh, it's Jaws 3. Uh, it's directed by Steven Spielberg. He's back. Wow. Uh, he, yeah, nine, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark flopped. Uh, he needed something. Uh, so he comes back for Jaws 3. Uh, it's written by John Milius, uh, who uh, supposedly wrote the Indianapolis monologue uh, from Quint from the first film. So it's Spielberg, it's Milius, and the twist here is the events are happening concurrently with the events of Jaws 2. Now in Jaws 2, Brody very rightfully says, uh, where the, where, where's Matt Hooper? We need to get Matt Hooper. I don't want to go against this by myself. And obviously Dreyfus was busy doing close encounters of the third kind and told them to go fuck themselves. So he's not in it, of course, but we're told, oh, I'm sorry, we can't reach Matt Hooper. He's like off communications. He's in Antarctica on this science vessel for 18 months or something. So this Jaws 3 by Spielberg 
is about what happens with Matt Hooper when he's off on this science vessel in Antarctica. Um, and guess wow. what? There's a, there's a big shark. Now, none of this will make sense, but I'm pretty sure a great white shark is not going to survive in frozen waters. Nonetheless, uh, this, this shark can. Um, it's Matt Hooper. He's on his research ship. Um, he's cut off from the rest of the world. Now, this is a nice ship. This is like a really big science, no expense spared type deal. Um, it's, it's good. It's, not, it's the opposite of the orca, the quint boat. Um, it's very nice. It's got a nice crew, got a good captain, and yeah, lots of expendables, but not just red shirts. It's like an alien, if you will. It's like the crew, and they're all going to get picked off, of course. Uh, they come across like a half-sunk whaling vessel, which we can see that get attacked in the pre-credit scene, perhaps. Uh, they find a deserted oil rig, um, which is all like being destroyed. It's all left, like at an angle, half sunk. Uh, there's like a frozen ship graveyard, lots of ice, um, and they're all attacked by something big. Hooper, the fellow scientists, the crew of the ship, maybe one or two survivors on, from this oil rig, uh, they find the new meaning of terror waiting in the frozen depths. It's ice shark. And again, I, I wrote prehistoric, and brought back to the surface by the oil drilling. So I'm thinking maybe again, not a meg, but it's big, really big. Um, and that's really it. And I just wrote on the sinking oil rig at the end, uh, Hooper and his own failing science vessel must find a way to survive this impossible fish with tension, darkness and blood. And that's that's just that's the premise. And that's all I've got. But I, I that's that's I like that, stuff. and I wrote um, the tagline, uh, which isn't one of my best. But the tagline is cold blooded, frozen terror, fresh meat. <laughs> <laughs> I, like that. I love that you do the tagline. I want that to be a recurring theme. But I think I can't. I don't have any say in it. It's going to come out. So <laughs> I, I. So that's great. Um, I have another one. But if you have anything, otherwise, we I just... just quick thought on it. Like I just, I love that we both totally changed the environment that they were in. Like, well, you know, I mean, yes. not total, of course, like yes. it's amity. It's but not like just amity. Yeah, it's not sunbaked yeah, well, yeah, exactly. amity. Yeah. Yes, it's it's, cool, and man. it's not tourist season. It's yeah, yeah. No, I like it. Nice. So there you go. So I wrote three premises for Jaws 3s, but then I thought, well, okay, so we could all say this is all Jaws 3, but I thought, well, why not, since there are obviously at least 19, what with old Max doing one in 2015, <laughs> so the next Remember. one you could say is a, another Jaws 3, but this one I've just written, this one's Jaws 4, and it's 1983, two years later, directed by Joe Dante, written by Joe Dante and William Golding for some reason, but I thought that would be nice. Um, now this one's a bit more crazy. Um, so the, the Spielberg one was serious and dark. Um, this one, Chief I've got a Brody... thing vibe, by the way, Sheppy, sorry to interrupt oh, you, yeah, but I've got a yeah, thing no. vibe about the third one. It's nice. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, and I hadn't thought of that, believe it or not, but that's that, that, that fits, absolutely, absolutely. Um, now the next one is more silly and Having Martin Brody, as played by Roy Schneider, coming back in this silly sort of premise, sort of maybe rob, would rob me, rub me the wrong way if someone else did it. So maybe it's the sun. But I'm in this version, it is Schneider back. But it, it's a bit, it's a bit crazy. So it could technically be substituted for for Mike. Um, but either way, 
what I have here is Chief Brody has gone insane. After two encounters with great whites off the coast of Amity Island, he now sees killer fish everywhere he looks. Uh, in an early scene, uh, maybe even in the first scene, he's at a lovely restaurant with Ellen. And there's a, like in the first Mission Impossible film, there's a huge fish tank in this, you know, huge, like taking up the whole wall with these nice fish going around in it. And he's totally preoccupied. Uh, he's sitting opposite Ellen and she's trying to like have a nice conversation with him, this nice romantic dinner. But, you know, he's fidgeting and he can't, you know, it's all sort of told from his perspective and her words are kind of drowning out and his Lovely. eyes are darting around and his fingers are going. Um, and eventually he, he stands up in a sort of a frenzied fury and whips out his gun and starts <gasps> shooting at the fish and shoots the fish tank and he's cracking the tank and it all cracks and then of course it just explodes and the water goes everywhere and water and fish rain down on the whole restaurant and Ellen is like oh my god you're insane you idiot and he and he, all the, all the waiters get smashed by the water and all these fish flapping about and Brody lies amongst the wreckage frantically shooting at the fish which is still okay. around him on the floor <laughs> and he runs out of it yeah I mean this is what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah and then he uses whatever's handy he gets like plates and cutlery and a hardbacked menu or a waiter's shoe and he's whacking the fish all around him <laughs> And that's the open. That's the opening scene, and he's just lying on the ground. He's nuts. So the Brody. So there you go. That that's the, you that's the me, opening Sheppy. scene. I actually think it works up until. Uh, well, I, was gonna, I mean, it's not even the yeah. shoe. It is the shooting of the fish on the floor. I think actually yeah. you held. You even held the integrity of the franchise yeah, yeah, even yeah. when he's shooting yeah. the the tank, and then. But, no. Yeah. yeah, well, I, 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 like I say, this is the first one That's I wrote, and I, I, I lent into the into the ridiculous uh, at this point. And it was it was only after I wrote this that I thought of a legitimate proper sequel with the the, the Hooper one. But yes, yes, I know. But this this film. It's, it is crazy and this sums it up and that's why also I thought maybe not Schneider because that would it's not really the film is so different in terms of tone that it, it it's almost disrespects the character to to have Schneider back but this is what I've got uh so and this is where things get really crazy Jimbo uh the Brodies moved to Arizona there's no sea there's no sharks um now, but there's a guy, um, a local businessman, rich, rich prick, uh, Hoyt Renton is an important industrialist and he's trying to convert. Now, this is a real place because I looked it up. There's a place in uh, Arizona called uh, Alamo Lake. Uh, so the Alamo Lake, which is a crystal clear body of water, is in a state park and he wants to, it's a state park, so, but he wants to buy it, own it, convert it change it into like this exclusive hunting area for his yuppie clientele, giving them the opportunity to hunt endangered species of fish far inland, away from the policing bodies, uh, which, you know, around the coast in the US, because no one's going to try and police this in Arizona, because who would be crazy enough to bring in all these fish? Uh, now, it's, it's fresh water, so sharks can't really survive, but I don't care. This shark can. He uh, takes Alamo uh, and he creates hundreds of estuaries further inland, a huge network of interconnecting rivers snaking through the Arizona desert and the small town of Clearwater, where a frazzled Chief Brody is the new sheriff. Uh, 
And of course, we have sharks, three sharks that he brings in to be hunted, but the hunter becomes the hunted and all these rich pricks trying to kill the shark are of course all eaten. Uh, and now they escape, they're terrorizing clear water. It's a bit like tremors, if you will, in that respect. Yeah. Um, so residents are eaten, the yuppie hunters are eaten, uh, and also the, the bass, uh, they're fucked. Uh, Chief Brody must battle his aqua nemesis on land and in water. Uh, will he survive his own last stand at Alamo Lake? Uh, and you know, you can have the scene that I described earlier that we came up with in the playground. You can, you know, with the maybe not jumping between his mouth, but you know, driving and the sharks chasing him and all sorts oh, of stuff that's like brilliant. that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, I, and I'll give you the, um, the, the, oh, and he teams up with this uh, local park ranger, um, this, you know, who to destroy the sharks and save the park and take down Hoyt um, and all this stuff. Uh, and the tagline. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense, but the tagline is Chief Brody is a fish out of water and he's not the only one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's that's my Jaws 3, or, or even maybe Jaws 4 at this point. Uh, so so there you go. Any any thoughts on, on that one, Jimbo? Look, I love it. I love it with the vibe you've got going. <laughs> There's no way it gets really <laughs> Until you yeah. and I have got enough money to set up our own Alamo Lakes. But I love it, Sheffy. <laughs> I love it. And when you so this when you're doing the car jump and everything, it absolutely it, it feels like a hybrid of Live and Let Die a Man with a Golden Gun for me. Nice. Like that yes. whole chase sequence with the speedboat and everything, you know what I mean? Like that vibe. And then of course the <laughs> I'm glad that you were thinking. <laughs> That's what I nice. But, uh, yes. but yeah, man, that's that's cool. I really love the first idea. I love the vibe of the first Thank idea. You. I like the whole feel and that, yeah. And uh, now, yeah, it's cool. I, I'm just going to say really quickly. You had a third, did you? As well. I have a third. Uh, and this is the one, this was my first thought because actually, you know what? I like the premise of Jaws 3, the fact that it's in this like uh, underwater kingdom type world, you know, like a, an Orlando type water yeah. park. That's a really good idea, and it'd be nice to do that well. But I didn't focus on that. I thought, what's yeah? I, I just lent into it. I just wanted to say that first of all. This one, this is Jaws thirteen, uh, comes out in two thousand and one, directed by Paul W S Anderson, uh, because you know it, this this film is shit. Um, it's written by Paul W S Anderson and someone called Ian Cramptroy the Second. I don't know where that came from, but it's it's a random film. This is Jaws thirteen. Jaws the Revenge exists because otherwise the this time it's really really personal in two thousand fifteen wouldn't make a lick of sense. So this is good stuff. Anyway, basic premise: Matt Brody, uh, Matt Brody, son of Mike and grandson of Martin, has had enough of water. He takes a cushy new uh, job in the new space station orbiting the moon with his wife, Penny Brody. He is a marine biologist. She is the captain. The plan, Jimbo, is to breed marine life in space since Earth's waters are now so polluted they can no longer house any life. Uh, when they enter orbit on their space station uh, of the dark side of the moon, a mechanical failure, in brackets, sabotage, leads to power outage 
with the station's prize specimens, six great white sharks escaping from their tanks in zero gravity water bubbles and start eating the crew. It's up to Matt and Penny to restore power, stop the station from drifting off into the darkness of space and destroy this floating menace. And the tagline, Jimbo, is just when you thought it was safe to scream in space. Oh. <laughs> that is a bravo go to lunch moment, Chevy. Just when you thought it was safe to scream in space. <laughs> it's oh, an amalgamation. So, so there you go. So if you thought the second one was ridiculous, uh, this 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 one takes it to a, to the new level. <laughs> um, Amazing, amazing. I'd watch all three, that goes without saying. I would, add, but not just watch as a, a friend, like I'd watch <laughs> yeah. and enjoy. <laughs> I've got one thought on the first one, right? You're saying about the, um, well, we mentioned this idea of having a, a thing type vibe. And I just wonder, like, you know, it's such a funny little ending to the original Jaws, isn't it? So optimistic, even though only one of them has got the fins on and they're going to go around in circles, <laughs> wheeze. Um, but, the, um, but I just wonder whether you could do the opposite there. Like, you know, I don't know, but something like you've got old um, Hooper and someone left. It's just the mm. two of them, but they are freaking marooned like do you know what I mean or, yeah. or, or we established they've killed the shark but there's another and then it's like a, yeah. you know something quite bleak at the end where there's no they're not going to paddle back to shore yeah. either you know there's no the shore the arctic yeah. waste yeah the, the water yeah, is inhospitable and they're just and it ends with the two of them just having their last cigarette or something on the thing like yeah. something like that you know yeah that's nice <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole sequence that I can really imagine Spielberg getting his teeth into which would be like you know the ice they're walking on the ice and the sharks under the ice and it's mm. cracking the ice and the, and it's sharks like smashing the ice yeah, from below nice. and you know big explosion of water and someone gets pulled down into the water and then the ice covers them up and then the blood seeps out and then little cracks as well of the ice and walking carefully and all sorts of stuff like that um there's there's a lot yeah, of stuff that. you could you could do with that I just think you'd be able yeah. to see it underneath you like yeah, that and you're yeah, walking on top terrifying. of it it's a stunning yeah. image isn't it and then oh, you can have some know. head just float by underneath the ice that's <laughs> <all you think. laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's, there's there's mileage there's mileage uh so yes so if you will the first um option i gave there is yeah let's call that the serious one but i'm, I'm i am partial to the to the second one in the arizona desert I love um, the yes. opening. I love the Mission Impossible style opening with the eyes darting. And they're like, I love it. Well, they go to that <laughs> restaurant at the beginning of Jaws too, don't they? I've kind of got them in there, but with a big fish tank this time. Don't they have a party oh, or something they go to at the beginning? It's not, it's not it's a restaurant. Night. It's like a gala. It's like, That's um, it, it's like yeah. a sort of gallant community thing. God, but this is just, I'm just thinking it's just like a nice restaurant. Maybe not even an amity, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. I love your idea. Uh, I'm happy. I think all, all, all of them are worth a look, <laughs> worth, a, worth a draft of a script. <laughs> so everyone who's out there, again, um, if you have an idea for a Jaws film, we'd love to hear about it. Um, yeah. Any Jaws 3 is good stuff. Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah, it's like, how do you get the Brodies tangled up with a shark without it being silly? And you can even just lean into the silliness is one option. Yeah, so, yeah I love it. That's uh, so a great. 
Very, nice very satisfying, Jimbo. So it's up to you for, for next time, old yes. buddy. And I right. don't know what you're well, about to throw. Okay, well, I'm going to say this. I was thinking of like what, what it could be next. Um, I was aware that we've been focusing a lot on like 80s stuff. And I was trying to think of like to get away from it. I didn't get very far. Uh, I got to the 90s. But I was thinking of, of our friend, uh, Arnie, Ar um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and thinking about possible sequels to an Arnie film that never happened. Obviously, there's the Terminators. And speaking of which, that's a classic example of rewriting and cancelling out and ignoring other, other uh, sequels, but not, not the Terminator. And also another option would be like, you know, where's True Lies 2? If any Arnie film ever needed a sequel and didn't get one, it would be that. But I don't want to do another spy film right now because we did, we did Bond. Um, so I was thinking, Last Action Hero 2. Uh, let's say in this world, Jurassic Park flopped, Cliffhanger was never seen again, and the big ticket of 93 was the Last Action Hero. And a few years later, let's say, uh, the sequel comes out with that sort of premise and what could be done with that. So that is what I say to you, Jimbo. The Last Action Hero 2, make of that what you will. Nice old bean. Well, I will, I'll give that a crack. <laughs> Come back next week. I love it. Um, I love it. Well, this has been um, a joy. It has, old buddy. And uh, yeah, and, and until next time. Keep swimming, Jimbo. <laughs>